Hello and welcome to another edition of Let's Talk About Movies, the podcast where we talk about film. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron. I'm another host, Liam. And this week, it's our our first episode back after a bit of a break. Yeah, blame Dan, getting married. Yeah, and the and, fo- football being on, basically. Yeah, and a lot of the football being on. <laughs> so, you know. I haven't even watched any films, let alone had a chance to record it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, everyone. It's been worth it. In fact, let's not get into it because I'm still a bit upset. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 still too raw. Yeah, I avoided football talk all week at work. Like, specifically not speaking to people that I knew were into football because I just didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, not, you're I'm not alone. Not, no, I'm, I'm not ready for it now either. <laughs> well, that's all right then, because we're here to talk about the trilogy that recently hit Netflix called Fear Street. Before these films came out, what did you know about Fear Street? Fuck all. I knew, yeah. um, I knew about R.L. Stein, Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. I, I was exactly the same. And I'm wondering if it's because we are in the UK and like, because Fear Street is, uh, the book's written by the same guy who wrote Goosebumps, yeah, R.L. Stein. And they're sort of aimed at a little bit older audience, I think. Sort yeah, of early teens kind of that kind of vibe, and they but they also came out sort of late eighties, early nineties. So I'm not sure if it's a combination of reasons of like Fear Street was not as big over here as it was in America, maybe, mm-hmm. or as, as definitely not as big as Goosebumps. Uh, were we just the wrong age? They were a bit too old for us when we were reading those kind of books, and then they came out too early. I don't maybe. know why it's just we. I'd never heard of it before either. I mean, when it when it first came on, it sounded familiar, but I don't know if that was just because it sounds kind of you feel like you've been incepted. Yeah, maybe a little bit incepted, but um, no, and I mean, this has been billed as like one of those not an experience, but like a this is a thing that's happening. If that makes sense, you know, a trilogy yeah. being released one on like three three weeks on the trot. It's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an event. Like an event, that's the one, not an experience. But it's been billed as kind of like an event, which in and of itself is kind of interesting anyway, whether you, you've got any knowledge of Fear Street or not. I think it's still kind of an interesting concept. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's interesting as well, because obviously they came out through Netflix and they came out every Friday, three Fridays in a row. Hmm. Um, originally, they were. it was owned by, like the, the, the property was owned by, 20th Century Fox, as was. Okay. But because of them getting bought out by Disney and COVID and everything else, it kind of just got shuffled off to Netflix kind of thing. And I'm wondering to be if, fair, how, how the plan would have been, because I'm guessing if it was going to be released in cinemas, like... It wouldn't well, be done three weeks We've been doing it three weeks in a row. No, this kind of feels like the perfect way to do this film. I don't think it would have made much money... Had it had a theatrical release, particularly, it would have. Been, oh yeah, I really don't. It's. It's. I'm really not sure how that would have worked if it had this been feel, three months in a row, like three months later, and then it's kind of you kind of lose the momentum that it worked quite well with when it was weekly. I think. Yeah, and can you count on people going to cinema three months in a row? Which sounds yeah. kind of crazy, but not a lot of people do. I don't think. No, that's a good point. I don't think your average. 
you know, theatre goer who probably, and it feels like, I can, we'll kind of get into it a little bit in a minute, but it kind of feels like that's what it's aimed at is your your Friday night crowd, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Them coming out on a Friday, I guess. This feels made for, for Netflix or for a streaming service. And maybe maybe that's just because we've they've released it in the way they have it. It's it's tainted our opinion a little bit to make us feel it's incepted us again to make us feel like this is how it was supposed to be done. Yeah. This is always the plan. But I mean the way I'm assuming they were filmed back to back. Yes, they were all filmed. I listened to um an interview with the director who is Lee Janiak. I think mm-hmm. pronounced I can't remember how she said it in the interview. But uh she basically said that, yeah, they filmed it all in one go. They started with the 94 stuff. They filmed all of that in one go because it's all, anybody who doesn't know, it's all three different time periods as well. So it's mm-hmm. started with the 94 stuff. Then they went and did the 1666 stuff, which is from the third film. And then they did the, the 78 stuff after. Okay, that makes some sense because well, um, I watched the first two in one night and I noticed straight away that the, the little brother looked noticeably older even though they were filmed back to back it still takes time yeah he looked he, he looked you know he did look a year or two older than he did in the first one okay so that kind of yeah. makes sense that they went one three two yeah see for me it was one of those things of like and again we'll get into it a bit but the third one has actors of like both films in it it's like the first two are different time periods and then the third one has that sort of time period has that actors playing different characters from both periods and it feels like you've probably brought some people in from the 94 done the middle bit and then let them go and the other people from the set am i making any sense yeah because it's because <laughs> the, the second one 76 has um the 94 people in as well but sparingly they book yes. they, they, they bookend it basically but they're, they're probably their bits were all filmed yeah, straight, straight away. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you do that straight away. Or, I don't know. You'd think so, but again, as I say, I, I, it felt to me, or it looked to me like that the, that kid looked older, but yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. The smart move would be to just, you know, get their bits out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Who am I to know? I'm not a director. <laughs> so, we'll dive into them then. Uh, the first one, is set in 1994, hence why it's called Fear Street 1994. Shocker. And I was going to say, should we give like an overview? Do you want to give an overview of like the, the plot. general plot? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, the overview of the plot is that there are these two towns that sound very sort of cartoony, I think. It's one of the things I quite liked about it because it's, <laughs> it's sunny... Vale and shady side, isn't it? Yeah. Then for anyone that's not seen, like if you, if you're not seen these, it's basically Eagleton and Pawnee from um, Parks and Rec. Like one's the kind of country bumpkins esque a little bit, you know, run down, and then the other one's the mega rich town. See, my my point of reference was like it's the Shelbyville and the Springfield from Simpsons. Oh, that's a good yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Too. Similar towns, but they both kind of hate each other. One town, everything seems to always go right. One town, everything always seems to go wrong. Yeah, good, good shout. Um, but yeah, so and the whole thing is that there are sort of over the years there have been like multiple instances of like murders or like 
mass killings of stuff in the shady side and there's like never any crime in Sunnyvale um, and this sort of goes into it starts off straight away with one one of these murders and uh, and sort of goes from there it's all about these these kids trying to investigate it and it tells the story over the three different time periods yeah that's a good that's a good synopsis yeah without getting too too spoilery into the weeds yeah yeah, and it, it it jumps you straight in there with like um, Maya Hawk, which by the way I can't believe they got Maya Hawk in just to kill her off in the opening scene. Not oh, really a I'm spoiler because the first five minutes. A little bit of a spoiler. F- fuck it, it's, a f- it's the first five minutes. Fuck them. Well, this is the um, thing. So to me as well, especially with the first one, it was very clear that they were trying to do like your screen. Postmodern slashes and Scream was obviously the, the the big touch point because Scream gets in Drew Barrymore to kill her off in the first ten minutes as well. Yeah, and it was a very much a similar sort of thing. I thought it was quite clever how it did that. Yeah, like and, you, say, you know, what, part part of me because this the they they've done slightly differently. So the first one is very much a, a slasher for like for at least a good three quarters of it anyway, and. At times, I was thinking, "Is this better than Scream?" Because Scream was kind of like a play on it, anyway, wasn't it? Scream yeah. was built, was made as a sort of satirical, yes, thing. Um, I was like, "Actually, this, this, this is taking." You know, I suppose it's hard because it's like one of those things. If you listen to, I don't know, music now, and you go back to listen to someone like the Beatles, you might think, "Ah, oh, this isn't." No, the Beatles is a bad example because the Beatles are always good. But it's one of those things where actually, so when you have something that was the original, so many things now have taken and built on it so much, it makes the original not seem that groundbreaking anymore. But actually, at the time, it was massive. Yeah. Um. So at the times I was like, actually, maybe I just need to rework Scream again. Possibly. But I was like, this is kind of like this is you know this is Scream for the new for the new kids definitely. It was interesting to me because obviously, like I say, Scream at the time was kind of taking the well-known elements that you get from your slasher films and it was kind of taking the piss a little bit with it it was you know you had the guy who knew all the rules for horror films and stuff like that Mm. whereas this is it's not trying to do anything kind of that flip it on its head that much but it is just trying to take that energy that sort of feeling that scream had and just channel it straight into what they're doing here yeah Um, so i do feel like they are three different films in terms of very much so yeah um so yeah it does it does kind of take elements from different like horror styles horror classics and like you said channel them into into the the appropriate era sort of thing yeah yeah oh well, well, my first note was um is that nine inch nails song really that old i always forget how long nine inch nails have been going for is it um yeah it? It probably is it probably is that long Oh, it, it, it is that long, but I was yeah. like, fuck me. Like, I like that song. I'm not a huge Nine Inch Nails fan, but... My first note after the whole Maya Hawk thing was that it heavily leans into its 90s soundtrack. It was like every 10 minutes, there was a different needle drop for a different Yeah, they, they, fucking, they throw music about, like, and not just music so much, but score around a lot in this first one. More so, I think, than the others. It's chopping and changing. Yeah, I think I noticed the score a bit more in the last one, but I think that was because there were fewer... Oh, I know this song. 
moments. Yeah. Well, I um, I made a note. I made a couple of notes. First of all, saying early nineties grunt, the early nineties grunt scene was cool as fuck. I don't really know if we got it over here though. We were we were too young to really yeah. be in that. But like watching stuff like you know freaks and geeks and that sort of, I don't know. Maybe we go into late nineties as well. But I kind of wish I was around for that sort of shit. I don't um, and then I put a note preemptively because I knew that you know there were different eras. Which film is going to have the best music? So obviously, we've got the nineties. I mean, seventy-six. But then, at this point, it wasn't until I, I pressed play on the last one that I realised it wasn't nineteen sixty-six. <laughs> <laughs> it was sixteen sixty-six. So it's kind of rumour, rumour oh, plan. Always going to be sixteen sixty-six that had the best music. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> I was getting really excited for like what could the different music, <laughs> like, you know, songs be that are going to play out. But yeah, they fucked me over a little bit there. Um, they, but yeah, this this so these these two towns, and you know they kind of they've got a a big rivalry, and they, there's a sports game pretty early on. I was like, isn't not in a a bit in bad taste where there's been like a billion murders to have a team called the witches and the devils, considering the tale is that all these murders happened because there was a witch that made a deal with the devil. I was like, <laughs> you say that, but it is the kind of shit you can imagine that Americans would do. Yeah, that is very true. If, if it was a town where it's like, oh, there's a witch's curse on this town, it'd absolutely be called either the witches or the curse. Just... <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Well, um, well, if um, Salem got a sports team? I don't... Not a major one, anyway. But you can imagine that they'd be like... The Salem Trials. <laughs> that's what the team is, the Trials. <laughs> yeah. They must have, like, a minor baseball team. Salem Ice Dogs. That's ruined it, hasn't it? That's disappointing. Top 10 best professional sports teams. Um, Boston Blaze. Oh, not near. I don't fucking... (laughs) Move move on. Move on. (laughs) Um, Because the the top shot was Ice Dogs, so I don't think... I think think it killed our argument a bit there. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, The... So one of the other things I really liked about the first one, uh, it was a what well, I've put down as a proper eighteen rating. So like yes. I think you get an R in the states and stuff. So like you watch it and it's like it feels like a lot of horror films nowadays, especially that are in this kind of. It's got the teens in it and that kind of thing. Kind of err a little bit on the oh, there's no blood in it or you know it's not that gruesome. And this is. Basically, all three parts are kind of gruesome at times. They are. However, I made one of the notes for the last film is I feel like this, I kind of felt like they suffered a little bit of an identity crisis. So they've given the R rating for, you know, because it's, it's, it is gruesome and there's, there's gore in it. And they're going for different things. And I'd, I wonder if it maybe it's because it's based off like an R.L. Stein book, which is aimed at younger, not like, not like kids, but like teenagers. Yeah. Never really. And I don't watch a lot of scary films, to be fair, or horror films. So maybe I'm just missing the, the boat a little bit, but it never really felt like it tipped over the edge of like scary. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I wonder if that's slightly to do with. 
one of the things I sort of felt was that the the villain as such, or the villains mm. of each one, uh, were not that great, really. It wasn't... It was almost Monster of the Week-esque. Yeah, a little bit. It wasn't, you know, like if you watch a, I don't know, a Halloween film and you know it's... Mike yeah, Myers, it's got some character to him. It's kind of like an unstoppable force. He's always going to be lurking around the corner kind of thing. And I don't know. I never really got that from any of these guys. Yeah. And maybe, maybe the thing is it, doesn't, it wasn't particularly tense. And maybe that's the, the issue. Yeah. That's fair. I think. Um, but, um, but yeah, so should we, I mean, let's, let's kind of walk through the first one in terms of okay. like just a, a brief sort of, this is the synopsis. So should we just go say spoilers? Because, yeah. um, so yeah, there's a murder that happens. Maya Hawk dies and it's, um, she's a schoolgirl. The kid that murders her is wearing this, this costume and he eventually gets shot by the policeman. Cut to the next day in school and there's this group of kids that are like, you know, this, um, this is a bit fucked up. Let's... No, they don't, even go, they don't even go to investigate. They're just like, this is a bit fucked up. Let's go to the sports game. And then Dina has a... Which, by the way, I quite like this. Um, her ex-flame... Is is moved to Sunnyside. Yeah. So she's making this box for them. Sam, I think the name is. Yes. It. Yeah. Um, and it's all like a breakup box with all their old stuff in. And you see Sam and the new partner like macking off at the sports game. And then, but then it cuts to, and the, you know what, this shouldn't even be a thing, but it was it still kind of is a thing that that it turns out actually Sam was the girl in the in the in this new couple, not the boy that she was she was looking at, sort of thing. So it turns out that they're they're well, Sam's at least bi, but they're they're lesbians. And you know, I just kind of like that sort of. Oh, you kind of just kind of took you off guard a little bit. You kind of didn't see that coming, or well, I didn't see it coming. I wasn't paying enough attention. Yeah, um, I don't, you mean you you kind of don't expect it, but I love the way that it's kind of just it's not made out to be a big deal or anything. No, not at all, not at all. But, but, I don't know, maybe it's my own, not bias, but my own whatever, by not just assuming either way sort of thing. Do you know I what know you mean, yeah. yeah. So, no, I like that, I like that. And that plays a, a part later on as well, to a point, in the series. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, you know, they have an argument, and then um, Shitside drives off, Sunnyside starts chasing them, and then... They throw a um, some water, some orange juice or a water cooler out the back of the bus at, at Sunnyside, and then they end up having a car crash. And through having the car crash, um, Sam has like a vision sort of thing, and that that's kind of what sets the the rest of the film in motion. So we've seen that there's been a killer, but he's been supposedly killed. But now that she's starting to get visions of, well, she's kind of like a beacon, I guess. Yeah, seems fair. I'll let you take over because I'm 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 waffling. <laughs> I don't know. I think you did pretty well there, to be fair. Um, <laughs> it was only two nights ago, and I'm, I'm really scratching my brain. Yeah, because I like one of the big things is that it's like there's this fear which is written really weird, and I thought he said fire at first, and I got really confused when they kept saying yeah. fear. The fear witch, and like say it's that she has these visions of like so like a like like a like a not a ceremony like a. Um... Like a witch's coven type thing, isn't it? Yeah. 
basically anyway, all that happens is that they basically there's a bit of back and forth, isn't there, on like how to stop the witch because it, it basically means that there's like the dead come back to life as well. Yeah, so all the, the the series of like the over the four hundred years that they've been these these mass murderers, they apparently now come back. So the, the theory is that they, all these mass murderers were possessed by Sarah Sarah Fear. Yeah, yeah, Sarah Fear by Sarah Fear the witch, and that's why they've committed them. So basically, they start to get hunted by these. Well, first of all, by the the kid. That was supposedly killed at the start of it. Yes, the the guy who allegedly got shot. Well, yeah, he did, he did get. Oh, shot. he got shot. It was no allegedly. <laughs> got, got shot through the fucking oh, face. Oh, that bitch got shot. <laughs> you best believe that bitch got shot. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the rest of the film is basically them trying to escape this this killer that's that's somehow come back from the dead. Yeah. Um, and then more then because then some of the other. Older killers start coming after them as well. Yeah, that's it. It's like more and more seem to be coming out, and basically they all seem to be coming after these kids that mm-hmm. Sam and, and Dina and Dina's little brother. Who's Ace? I want to say Josh. I don't know. We'll call him Josh. Um, Let's call him Josh. Yeah, it's Josh. I looked it. It's Josh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're two friends as well who are. Like the worst drug dealers I've ever seen in film. Yeah, yeah, possibly. And I kind of liked them though. Low... Oh, I quite liked them as well. I almost liked them more than I liked the other characters. But there we go. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so long story short, and I don't know if you've got any sort of chip in at the middle, but it all comes down to that they basically realise they are after Sam. Sam. And they realised that previously, uh, somebody called C. Berman had been through this before, um, but they and survived. Had got yeah, they survived because they got killed, but were then resuscitated. So it all kind of they end up going to um into the, the supermarket, don't they, to try and get like drugs or something. Because they think that if they can kill her with the drugs, there's a decent chance that they would be able to revive her. Yeah, because a, a mate's brother OD'd and died, but then was resuscitated. That was it, yeah. I knew there was something in there. Um, so anyway, they, they, they get into there, and this is kind of where I picked up a lot of my notes, is they're into the um, the drugstore, or whatever they call it, pharmacy, I guess. Um, and they all kind of, all the, the killers kind of, Converge on them Verge. as well. They murder the two. The killers, by the way, can't be killed. Like they can. Yes. They, at one point, they even blow them up, and they just right, they, they pull they, themselves back together. They decapitate them and all sorts, don't they? At times, and it's like yeah. they just merge back together again. Um, and th- sorry, this, but this is um, when they're in the supermarket. It's one of the points that I, ma- I mentioned that the the music here lost a lot of the tension, or the score lost a lot of the tension because it's like this. Um, um, but like bombastic sort of horny yeah. score. I'm like, this isn't really. The, I wouldn't have gone this way personally. Yeah, I didn't feel tense anymore. Like, we, I, I suppose because, and it throws some curveballs in it, but it it lent towards the the good guys having the advantage a little bit, I guess, um, subconsciously. 
I didn't ever feel like yeah, and the bad I think guys. That was a little bit why it was fairly shocking when the two drug dealers kind of got it a little. And it was because fuck yeah, that st- that took me by surprise. Yeah, and well, like one of them <laughs> very sorry, gruesome. That, that, so I've got the note here is the music lost a lot of the tension. The next note is in capitals. Oh fuck! I did not expect them to actually <laughs> die <laughs> because there was no tension. That's why no. Lulled you into a false sense of security. Yeah. My other thing as well was like after they die, like I know obviously the pressing matter is to try and do whatever you got to do with Sam. There wasn't a lot of grieving going on. I'm just saying. The, the, the oh, no, thing... no, this film. At one point, Sam's boyfriend dies, and like an hour later, she's macking off with Lee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, is it Lee? What Dana. Dana. Yeah. Name. So, and, but that was it. It was just sort of like as soon as they were dead literally 100 feet from where they were, they were like, cool. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Crack on. Um, so, so they try the OD thing. That doesn't work. So she just fucking drowns yeah, she, her. She vomits up the pills, doesn't she? Yeah. So she drowns her. And then, and, and by the way, sorry. So before they, before they get to the supermarket, they've been cruising around an ambulance. Why not just do the OD in, an amb- in, in the ambulance. ambulance and just fucking keep driving? So the, <laughs> so the bad guys can never get to you. You're sound. And you've got probably like defibrillators and all the other shit. You probably need to bring some of that to life rather than just a bunch of EpiPens. Yeah, I was wondering, would, would the EpiPens thing work? Like, well, I, I know, thought... I, I know that's basically way, what they did in Pulp Fiction, isn't it? Well, that, that was my only other like experience with Pulp Fiction. And, right, and that, they have to fucking, they Which, fucking nail them with it, don't they? By the way... like this long... Uh, also came out in 1994, so it's, yeah, def- so it's definitely another reference that they've done. Yeah, but that was like a big-ass syringe of pure adrenaline, which I, I don't think EpiPens are. Are they know. not? Oh, because I... I I'm I, not a person I, who no. uses EpiPens. But, but I said I'm no EpiPen expert, but I don't think that's how you use an EpiPen, because going off Pulp Fiction, the syringe is eight inches. It's like <laughs> longer than... In fact, they weren't trying to shove it through your legs. her black breastplate either, were they, like, in that? No, that's true. But they were just, like, tapping her a little bit with it. Yeah. But they used, like, ten of them. So if she, if it is, does work, then she's fucking wired after this. Wakes up like fucking Pinhead from Hellraiser. <laughs> um, I thought that the closing sort of thoughts on this first one, because eventually they do manage to kill her and revive her with the EpiPens, and that kind of dissipates the, or so we think. And it yeah, out. and the, I put I, I said it here that the ending was the first time it felt like pure horror. Although I can't remember what specific point I was talking about, but there is like a weak ass jump scare right at the end, which I didn't really think was much cop. Yeah, because because um, uh, they ring up C Berman, don't they? And say so trying like, to get advice. Yeah, and, and she's like, "No, you've not escaped it. It's still going to come back for you." And then they kind of turn around and and Sam's like possessed or whatever. Yeah. And so they have to like subdue her and tie her up and stuff. And it kind of, that's where it ends. It's going to be like a cliffhanger going into the next one. Yeah. People get stabbed a lot in this and like relatively fine. It, well, yeah. It's films in it, I suppose. It is films in it. Yeah. And um, another thing I thought, I don't know if this is because of one of the Maya Hawks in this and Sadie thinks in the second part. But that first one in particular felt like it felt it like Stranger, Stranger things. things. It did the Stranger Things like, oh, remember this, even though none of these kids were alive back then. That kind of thing. Yeah, It's that kind of 
Oh, but, but actually, the main one, she's 28. Fucking hell. Because I looked, I was like, I wonder how old these people really are. Because, you know, obviously they always get, like, older people. And a lot of them are, like, a little bit... They're, yeah. all, they're all older, older than 16 or whatever they're meant to be, but... Yeah. I mean... Yeah, she's 28. So it moves into the second part, which is uh, 1978. Uh, yeah, so 1978. So... The end of the first one that you know the the um, Sam has been possessed, and is it the end of the first one or the start of the second one? They basically get her to the survivor's I house. Can't remember. It's very it it picks up straight away, doesn't it? Where they they get to see Berman's house, and yeah, so she sort of then reluctantly agrees to help, and it's then her retelling the story of when she was at Camp Nightwing in 1978 and the, how she ended up getting involved in it as well. And that's where Sadie Sink comes in, who now you, we didn't kind of spoil us, I guess, for the end of the film, but you don't know straight away that that's her, do you? Because she's called Ziggy when she's younger and her yeah. sister is called Cindy. Mm-hmm. So you kind of led to believe that the sister is going to be Gillian Jacobs. Yeah. Yeah. You with me? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I always knew it wasn't. I feel like I always knew it was Ziggy, but I don't know why I knew that. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. Maybe the transition was a bit more obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because now- it cut it cut straight to Ziggy getting bullied and them calling her like yes, because they think she's like. The witch and shit. Yeah. yeah, and they like that was really like one of those really kind of brutal Fucked things up. as well. Yeah, where they like burn her with the the lighter. Yeah, with the lighter. The thing I noticed as well. So first note I've got is uh, oh, we've got the excessive needle drops again because it's immediately like don't fear the reaper. Uh, yeah, all these other <laughs> I'm like okay, doing that again, are we? Ziggy um, play guitar and all that shit. Yeah, exactly. A little Bowie and stuff. Which to be fair, again though, there's there's good songs in it. Oh, yeah. Everyone right. was like, oh, I like this song. Yeah. Well, fair play. But maybe does it take a, take you away from the film a little bit? When yeah. it's so many songs that you know? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, yeah. I don't need to tell people why they're doing it. I was about to say, I mean, it's there, but so you can... I don't need to tell people why they put <laughs> so music in songs. <laughs> so you can be in 1978, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have the least amount of notes with this, but I think... Um, I got a note in here that says this one feels scarier and maybe I'm just more of an occulty sort of guy than a slasher guy. This is still sort of slasher, but it's like... See, to me, this one more kind of... That. It does lean into the occult a little bit more because the occult side of it kind of grows with each with each film. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, to me, obviously, it's set in a camp. It's obviously set late 70s rather than early 80s, I guess, but it, it felt very Friday the 13th. Yeah, that's what they were going for on this one. It's like, oh, the the kids are sneaking off to go and have a shag and all that kind of thing. <laughs> all right, granddad. <laughs> and bloody kids sneaking you're off gonna, for a shag. You're going to go and have a shag, are you? <laughs> I wish I was a kid in the 70s, but me. <laughs> we sound like we were kids in the 70s. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is uh, at the camp. Or it's like a mixed camp between the... 
uh, Shady Side and Sunny Vale, or Shady Vale and Sunny Side, whatever it is. Yeah. Between the two towns, and it's like a, a mixed camp. Uh, seems like a bad idea from the off because they fucking hate each other. Why would you stick them both in the same camp? Yeah, I do have a note that says the seventies were a simpler time. Well, it definitely was uh, because they have something in it which is called the Color War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which you absolutely one hundred percent would not have in a film set in twenty twenty one. No chance. And oh. It's it's innocent because the one team's wearing blue and the other team's wearing red. And it's all it's about like, between them two colours. Throwing paint or whatever. I can't remember what it was. It's captured the flag, isn't it? Yeah, basically. And I was just sort of like, but it was like they've all got it written on the t-shirts like colour yeah. war. Colour war. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Yes>. I guess. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so in this one, uh Oh, what the fuck happened in this one? I don't know. Like, like, this is the thing for me on these films. Like, a lot of the middle ground is, like, somebody ends up... It's a, it's a severed hand in this one, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, in the, in the, in the first one, they found Sarah Fia's body. Like, they touched her body, and that's what started all the shit off. Like, the, yeah. her bones underneath the ground. Because she said, like, when she got... Basically, Sarah. the backstory of Sarah Fia was, like, hung as a witch and was like I curse you like I'll cut my hand off and as long as my hand's here I'll I'll fucking I'll 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 kill you all with some bollocks. Yeah. And um yeah so in the I, first I, one they had the body you started with a witch impression and then it died off. <laughs> and then with or some bollocks. Or some bollocks yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so the first one was the body and now they're like there's a hand I guess. Yeah, and it was like there was a bit more of a but, and like I say, a lot of the middle part of these films, I'm like, it's some kind of generic slasher film, you know. Hmm. The the there's a bad guy roaming around. Most people don't realise for a while until they get stabbed. Some people are off shagging, doing what they must. Like edit this bit out, but I gotta say, 18 rating, fair bit of shagging and stuff, no nips. Well, it's a fair point, to be fair, so I might not edit it out. Um, because if you go, like say, if you, it's probably more a thing that it is a film made nowadays, because if you go back and watch it, you generally see the nips. The 30s, there's a lot of nip. Yeah. Man nip, woman nip, all kinds of nip. Mostly those two kinds of nips, to be fair. So, yeah, and basically all this is, is that Ziggy ends up uh, kind of finding this kindred spirit in Nick. Um, and then to be honest, yeah, they uh, they end up like playing pranks on this mean girl and stuff, and they kind of I think they kiss at one point. Did they kiss or was that they came either kissed or came very close to kissing? Yeah, and he he was a a camp worker, and she was a camp goer. Yeah, and they made a point of this at one point during the film, like you know she's like a not a student but whatever. Yeah. It felt a bit noncy. Like, how old are they both meant to be? I mean, he didn't look that much older, though, did he? Well, he looked like probably 18, if not a bit older. Yeah. And she looked probably 16, if not a bit younger. Yeah, it's it's that. It's not a big age difference, but it's at the wrong age to have that age difference, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, my mum and dad are eight years apart. Yeah. Nobody fine. Bat, no one bats an eyelid at that. Yeah. If they were eight years apart when uh, your mum was 10. Well, all of a sudden people got a problem with that. Yeah, it's a big yeah. issue then, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
anyway, um, it's a bit sidetracked there. Um, so, but yeah, I think this one felt brisker. They're all bit. they're all a little short, a little shy of two hours, aren't they? Yeah, roughly in that sort of hundred to hundred and ten, hundred and twenty minutes, that kind of range, aren't they? Mm. Um, eventually, like you say, it all comes down to it's. Uh, oh, that was it. The first murder as well in this one from like the possessed person was like an axe straight to the face. Yes. I like that. I like that. It, was, a lot. it was very good, like proper kind of gory. Can, can we just say that we, we touched on it? Sorry to backtrack, but the end of the first film, one of the drug dealers gets killed by getting her head pushed through a. Yes. What like even a is it? Bread slicer? Bread co- yeah, like yeah, bread slicer, I guess. Like head Fucking first. ace. Grim. And like. You're like, surely you can do better than this, like fighting back. But it's fucking, it just comes out of out of actually nowhere. Like, like this isn't this is gonna go well for the hero. Like the heroes are gonna win this. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're they're holding their own. Yeah. Like okay, yeah, he's got on the table, but she's stopping. She's stopping the knife, she's pushing it towards this this bread slicer. She's gonna stop that though. Okay, nope. he's still put. He's still pushing, but she'll get out of it. Uh-oh. He's still, <laughs> okay, yeah, she, she's just fucking. Shredded. She's gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So the, again, similar shit in this. Kind of like they don't hold back on the gore, and it's not gratuitous, but it's done. It's it's bob yeah, on. Yeah, it's like, not like a like a sword. It's not like Kill Bill. Like that. No, that, no, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> there there are moments of it where, it, and I guess, I guess that kind of leans back into your slasher because. You know, the Friday the 30th films, again, they've got a lot of, like, pretty gruesome nips. moments of uh, nips. They've got a lot of nips, yeah. <laughs> pretty gruesome moments, to be fair. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so maybe it's... But even, like, like, little kids are getting fucked up. Well, mainly in this one, mainly little kids are getting fucked up. I guess, yeah, cause it's all like... Well, you said little kids. They're all... Tweens. Yeah. Teenagers, definitely. Um, so this is such one... a weird thing that, like, in America, like, I don't know if it, I guess it's still a thing. They like send the kids off to camp for like three months or whatever. Over yeah, the summer, but, like, yeah. yeah, go on then, fuck off. <laughs> and it's not even like here to London, which is a long way. It's like here to France, <laughs> like, in terms of like American distances. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, I need to move to America and have kids. Fucking hell. <laughs> He's three, Liam. One yeah. son. Have fun. the camp. Yeah. Watch out for the boogie, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, this one ends up with... Because they end up getting to the tree where she was hanged. Yeah, so they basically they find like, the hidden lair well, like the rituals. Ritual is probably the word we were looking for earlier on. Um, yes, <laughs> they find the they find the lair with all like the rituals take place, and they get trapped there. Um, the sister, not Ziggy, but Ziggy's sister and a mate, Cindy. Yeah, Cindy. So they're like, it pulls it, it pulls you know pulls the old Empire Strikes Back, sends them on two different tracks, and then pulls them back at the end together. Um, so she's like trying to navigate through there. As they're getting like injured and shit, and Ziggy's trying to navigate, not getting killed. Yeah. Um, and eventually, yeah, it culminates like they found the hand, 
So they've got the hand and they're like, right, we can probably stop this now. Yeah. But then the killer comes and just fucking destroys both of them, basically. Yeah, there's something about, like, that she wasn't actually buried where she was hanged or something, wasn't it? Because we mm. know that anyway, because we saw in 1994 that it was her bones were somewhere completely different. But, um, yeah, it, it, she kind of comes up and there's, like, the killers are just absolutely, like... I, one of them, one of them gruesome. got like an axe to the chest like five times. Yeah, I think the other one was maybe stabbed a bunch. Stabbed a lot. Where? What, who stabbed her? Like, because there's another killer that comes. I can't remember. Well, it's all the. It, it's the same thing as the last one. It's all the previous. They killers all come again, of, don't they? Yeah. It's main in this one. It's mainly one dude who's like Cindy's who's like, boyfriend. Yes, that's it. He's a he's a dead night virgin, but gets possessed and just fucking. Annihilate shit with an axe, but then there's another one in there that comes, and that's the one that has Ziggy off. And yes, it, it, they both are, like lay there. And does it? What's the what's the painting called? Where it's like the the creation of man or whatever it is. Yeah, they basically do that painting, don't they? Yeah, like touching each other. Just. Yeah, like yeah, but they're just like they're looking at each other, like, getting fucking add off, and it's, oh, it's fucking rough shit. Brim. But that was, and then the one thing I noticed is because we kind of know. Well, you find out, like, say that Ziggy is is the one who survived because somebody comes over and just gives us CPR. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't think CPR would save you from all them stab wounds. To be honest, right? If am I am I being thick? If I've got like sixteen stab wounds, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I'm bleeding from them. Yeah, if someone like pushes down on my chest, it's just gonna push the blood out faster out of those holes, right? Like Tom, Tom and Jerry style. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you're a big colander. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surely I'm right. I got a D in biology. I mean, all I'm saying is I don't think CPR would do a lot. No. Me neither. But apparently it does. Apparently it does. At least in the world of film. Yeah. Um, and after that, that's kind of where we cut back then to the 90s again. We get the last little stinger. Yeah, because... so. All through this film, I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, what are they going to do for for the last one? It's because I know there's a third one that's coming. And like these don't need to be any longer. They're quite they're long films for horror films. Yeah. And sometimes they suffer a little bit for they feel a little bit although there's never any breaks really, some they feel like they do feel their length. But like they could have probably just had like an extra 20 minutes or 10 minutes here and there and could probably have done a lot of it it felt like after, before watching the third one like so what are they going to do with this third one um because yeah at the end of this cut back to present day or 94 yeah and she's like so well we know where the basically we need to get the hand back with the the body because they know where the rest of the body is now they can reunite the two yeah, and that will put a stop to it all. Yeah. So they go to get the hand because they buried the hand at the end of the of the second film, trying to stop the curse, but it didn't work. So there's nobody there. And you know, it's in the middle of them all. But fortunately, this one tree is still there, yeah, still in, there, in, in the middle of them all. It's like they built a mall around this one tree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they pick that up. Then they go to the body, and just as like. They start to bury it. Basically, basically the, the catalyst for all the shit happening was at the start, 
in the first one, Sam bled on the bones. Yeah. Oh, that was it, yeah. And then Ziggy does the same in the 70s one, doesn't she? She bleeds on the hand at one point, and that she has the vision. Yeah, and that's what makes them the beacon for the baddies. Yeah. And then, I can't remember her name. Dina. Dina. She bleeds on the on She the has hand, like a right? nosebleed, I think, literally. Yeah. Just mm. But she puts it back and has a nosebleed and then like has a vision and she is then Sarah she, Fear. Yeah, in 1666, uh, where it's like, it's the same. She she's becomes her and like, it's obviously, we just see it as the same actress, um, which kind of then like kind of ends, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which then leads into the third one. Yeah, and this is where it goes a bit American History X, where it uses the same actors playing different characters. You mean so... American Horror Story? <laughs> yes, I do. A bit different. <laughs> um, no, I stand by what I said. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean American Horror Story. <laughs> um, yes, where so it uses the same actors as different characters. Yeah. I just want to read through very quickly my um first three notes uh well in fact no first of all the first one is when i made the music comment i thought it was 1966 we've been through that second note is are they doing irish accents they're sort of like they, they're, they're, they're not quite that bad <laughs> they're like them sort of weird pilgrim acts i don't know if you've ever seen uh the witch by uh, Robert Eggers, the guy who did The Lighthouse as well. Came out a few years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's like that, but worse, basically. It's everybody's calling everybody else a witch, even if you've got like a coal or something, you're a witch. <laughs> and it's but they've all got these accents, but it's just way thicker. Oh god. Because my first note is that. My second note is I don't know if I'm particularly eager to see what happens next. I was kind of ready for that to be the conclusion, I thought. Um and then the third note is, I don't think I can do two hours with these accents. <laughs> Maybe don't watch The Witch then. That would be my advice. <laughs> Luckily, we don't spend all two hours doing the accent. Fortunately, no. Um, yeah, I, I thought, I mean, largely I thought that this one was probably my favourite. Mm. I actually really liked the setting in the, the 16th. Not by much. I think the second one was probably the weakest for me. Um, yeah, I guess we'll get into that at the end. But um, yeah, this one kind of goes back and tells the story of, of Sarah Fear basically through seeing it as Fina, um, and it all boils down to basically uh, the Hannah, I think her name was, who is the person Sam. played by Sam. Yeah, in the in the sixty six one, and it's basically them two are like secretly in love with each other. Obviously, if that was so, a taboo in 1994, it's way bigger taboo in 1666. Yeah. So, like, so my thing with this was, like I just said then, I don't know if I felt particularly eager for this because it seemed a little bit unnecessary. Like, I didn't, I didn't, no, I didn't feel the need for this hmm. until later on. When yeah, I, I there's did some, like there's, it. There's some, there's some news. No, I, I liked it. Like, but going into, it, I'm like, I know enough of the story. I don't need to see what I've already been told. Yeah, 
more for me because yeah, I was going to say because in the end it kind of does fill in a lot of the gaps, I guess, in that story. Yeah, and it flips it completely on its head. Yeah, true. It's because um, uh, we sort of find out that that Sarah Fire. The the biggest gruesome scene, I guess, in this one was the bit in the church. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of, I think I might have tuned out a little bit because I can't remember exactly what the setup was for that. But there's a bit where they go into the church and it's like there's there's rows of people and they kind of get to them and they've all like had their eyes burned out or whatever. Well, yeah. Well, Hannah's Hannah's dad, Sam's the girl priest. Sam, it's going to be yeah. really confusing. Yeah. Hannah's Hannah's dad, the priest. He was one of he mentioned earlier on. That he like killed a load of kids and stuff, and like he had no eyes, like one of the earlier films, and it's show it's showing that basically. So a couple of scenes earlier, he's like talking tongues on his bed, and it's just like, do we say a prayer? Like, what the fuck do we do? Like, this isn't my dad like anymore. He's like, he's gone. Yeah. Um, and then like a few scenes later, we we basically they're saying like, oh, the vicar or whatever he is, is, is like locked himself in the church, he's got kids in there, like we can't get in. Yes, that was it, yeah. So then a few of the guys break down the door, and then what's it, Solomon? Solomon Good. Yes, um, who is the, he's the police officer in the first first part, one. He? Yeah. Yeah. So we should mention as well, so he's, he's like, he's in it and he's kind of like, I don't know whether to trust him or not. He's like, Blake comes off as like quite a nice guy, but at the same time, well, there's a the whole bit of an arse. Yeah, there's that subplot in the first one, isn't there? Where he kind of is a little bit helpful, but then he is like um, a guy in it who's kind of looks like he's probably been drug dealing or something like that. But like he's a he's a black guy, and it seems like the the police officer's kind of a bit racist towards him. Was that I don't know if I was just picking it up from anyone. Yeah, he's, de- he's he's definitely sort of fucking him over just to fuck him. Yeah, just bit. because he can. Yeah, but like even like when he's trying to be helpful, there's that he plays it a fair play to the actor. He plays it in the shade of like as a, as the viewer, like, are you just saying this shit to get a confession out of the kids to then fuck them over anyway? Like, yeah, he's always like, look, I'm here to help you. You know, it's done in a, in a quite a, a good way. But at, at one point, like, because he doesn't believe any of the stories that you know this kid that he killed at the start is come back to life and all this shit. Yeah, and we see him write a note and put it through a letterbox saying it's, I think it's happening again. We later find out that that's Ziggy's letterbox and the yes. kid that Ziggy, the kid that Ziggy kissed, the, the nonster was him. Back was in him the camp. Yeah. Cause he is Nick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you found that out till the third part. No, they mention it. Yeah. They mention yeah. his name and they're saying like, Oh yeah, look at you. Like you're Nick good. You know, you know, you're yeah. fucking, Silver spoon bollocks. Yes, or that was it. Yeah, um, but yeah. So it's it's because uh, that's so it, Sol- Solomon, Solomon kills sorry. the the pastor, doesn't he? Yeah, which that's a fucking horrible scene as well. Like, oh, the whole thing. He walks in there and he sees some like eyeballs and shit on the floor, and he like looks up and sees the priest got alive, and then he looks around. The kids are fucking at the air scourge. It's not like a like um, uh, Dina. Um, her brother's there, like dead. Yeah, because it's her brother and like the Sadie Sink played whatever she's called in it, the mm. Ziggy girl. She's yeah, oh, she, yeah. Them, weren't they? Yeah, I'm a bit annoyed that she didn't have as much to do in this one. I was a but, bit annoyed at that as well. Um, I like her because I, I was a little bit annoyed as well that the younger brother didn't, but then obviously he 
comes back into it. Yeah. Shortly. Yeah. Um, basically, all that happens is that in the end, uh, they, they end up convincing because, because Because Hannah and Sarah Fear have been lesing off and people have seen them. People Everyone's are. like, she's done it. She's like, up to no she, good. She's a witch. Um, so, you know, that's why all the food's rotting. That's why everything's getting like the well's been poisoned. That's why the priest has decided to go and offer a load of kids. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, she's a witch. So there's like a, there's a literal witch hunt yes. for her. Yeah. And then I can't remember what it is, but in the end, she's kind of like coerced into confessing, isn't she? Well, she's, she's kind of like, um, they already think I've done it. So, like, might what as well. Fucking yeah, what have I got to lose? What difference does it yeah. make? Um, but then she finds, no, because then she, no, no, that's it. No, 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 no. It's not that she's coerced into confessing, it's that she's sort of, because earlier in the film, she finds like this witch's book in this old widow's hut in the forest. So she's like, they already think I'm a witch. Fuck them. I'll just be a witch. I'll use this book and like, fuck, yeah. I'll, I'll sort myself out. Um, so she goes back to the witch's hut and then finds, or the widow's hut, and finds the widow dead and the book's nowhere to be found, basically. Yes, that was it. So she goes back to Solomon, who she's betrothed to, but, you know, they're just mates. Yeah. And she's like, um, I'm fucked, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Help me out. And then the posse come around and trying to find her. And he's like, right, go hide. And she eventually hides and then ends up going into, like, the basement, which then leads to, like, the witch's, um, well, I don't know what we called it earlier on, but the... It's the place where all of, like, the, the rituals are done, isn't it? Like, Yeah, so what we saw in the second film is now he, is here as well. Because it's like, uh, it's got, like, runes and stuff on the ground and all that kind of shit. Yeah, mm. uh, uh, yeah basically, it turns out it's like it was Solomon all along, basically. It was he, Solomon all along. Nice. Oh, he uh, he made the deal with the devil to get power, basically. Yeah, and I, so it's all a little bit fluffy, wasn't it? Yeah. So I um. So basically, at first, at first, I was like, "So are we saying that it's Officer Good is the same person? Is actually Solomon Good?" But then I was like, "No, because he was a teenager." Yeah, in I, I the had second the same one. thing. I was like, well, "There was a minute where I was like, oh, is this kind of made him immortal?'" And yeah, like, and it wasn't until later on where they're like, "Oh yeah, it turns out it was Nick as well." And I was like, "Oh yeah, Nick, the, the child in the last film." So I guess yeah. it's just all of his family, like a like a weird. They, they say they, they say that like yeah, one person it gets passed down to one person. They like they all just look a lot alike. Yeah, but like I was like, you know, his dad was mayor. He's the sheriff of this. You know, shit town. Brothers. It's not that some much high power. ranking thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's not that much power that they're getting from this deal to kill like a billion people. <laughs> I mean, they're not killing a billion people. It's like they're not. They're 50. killing like twenty, yeah, fifty over three hundred years. But if I'm if I'm killing fifty people, like make I mean, me king, make me royalty. <laughs> Go yeah. on, you yeah. shoot. Sheriff, <laughs> I guess. Although you're not doing it yourself, you're just 
get other people to do it for you. Still, because if you share, if it, you just get like people be like, I can't, you know, fuck you. You get no respect as a sheriff, quite rightly so. Because fair, you would now. But this is 1994. Oh yeah, well, it's much better in 1994. <laughs> I'm sure race relations were flying over then. Thinks about um, thinks about the LA riots. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's not how much power. So basically, it turns out that like it was him all along. Yeah. So there's like loads of shit, and this is what leads to basically. She didn't even like Seraphia doesn't chop Randolph. He fucking that's Absolutely. a that's a fucking rough bit. He like Brutal. slices at her, yeah, and like cuts a deep gash, and then he's just like holding her hand against the fucking rock, and it just rips off basically. Yeah. It's grim. Again, another reason why it's like strong eighteen rating kind of. Mm. It's not too much, but it's still too much. Yeah. So yeah, then. Yeah, it's not even like body horror, is it? Like to a point where it's just like it's just like full on slasher type horror. Yeah, really. Um, but then what we get is uh, nineteen ninety four part two. Yeah. So this is so as I said earlier on. So I felt like this that wasn't unnecessary. That wasn't necessary. But then actually, it's not a full two hours. It's it's, it's a big chunk of the film. It's an hour probably. Yeah. It's not more. Probably about an hour each, I think. Yeah. But then it it does the twist where actually, no, it wasn't. Sarah Fear actually had some fuck all wrong, really. It was it was this dude. Solomon and, slash. And actually, I made the note, where is it? This has been a five-hour setup for uh, Dina to say, good is evil. Because <laughs> that's literally what she says. And yeah. I feel like that was the whole point of it. Because what we get then is basically it's the big coming together, isn't it? It's the the good undead. Good versus good. Good versus good. Good slash evil versus good. Good slash good. <laughs> Being a slash or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it all kind of culminates in the in the mall. That um that Urkel guy, by the way, the, the guy that was being arrested. <laughs> He's the best character. Yeah. Without a doubt, he's fucking ace. Yeah, he was the one I was rooting for by the end of it. He has no reason to be there either. Nope. Just, like, I, I think it, he, they kind of knew he was going to get one over on the policeman. He's like, fuck him. I'm going to get him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Basically, it's all it is. There's a big plot uh, finale involving Super Soakers at the end, which I was a fan of. Yeah. Um, blood and the Super Soakers. Yeah. Um, the Konami card. Code bit was a bit cringe. Yeah, a bit forced. Yeah, definitely. Like, oh, they, this kid plays um, video games. So, what were kids in the nineties interested in the video <laughs> games? Oh, the Konami Code was pretty cool back then. Yeah, pretty much. Throw it in. Although I do have a note here that says I fucking love the Offspring because they play. Oh, what's the fucking Offspring song they play? It's the kids sound all right, isn't it? No, it's not. It's um. Maybe it is kids aren't alright. Yeah, it is that one. Yeah. And it's no, it was come out and play. Um I fucking love the offspring. I don't listen to him enough. So yeah, so so the night your soundtrack's back. Yeah. The but the thing yeah. was, for like because I made a note at one point, I was sitting there going, Oh, the nineties now we're back in the nineties, it felt a bit more score and a bit less needle drops. Yeah. And then like the last 10, 20 minutes of it, it was like 
here's the offspring, here's Oasis, here's something <laughs> yeah. else. O- Oasis seems really like out of place in that as well. I think the, the Oasis, yeah, I know what you mean because we're sort of like grungy, we, we associate alt rock, yeah, and yeah, aside from all like we associate with like an English thing. It just didn't set like the music was a completely different sort of. But to be fair, the way it, when it comes in, because it, it comes in like after after everything's over, because it's live forever, isn't it? That they play. Yeah. And it's kind of like after everything's over, and it's like a little bit jauntier, I guess. Jauntier. That's a weird word. But I, I, wonder, if anyone, I wonder if anyone has ever described Oasis as jaunty. jaunty. No, never. <laughs> Said maybe. <laughs> uh, Liam just breaks his microphone there. Um, yeah. So uh, basically, that's yeah, pretty much it. So they win. They win, win the fight. Sh- shocker is at, at the end. They managed to get rid of the curse. And they kill good, they and kill. then Sam's not possessed anymore. So them two live happily ever after. And no mourning. Just, just like, like yeah, just like all teenage romances, them two live happily ever after. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, apparently because uh, then they have like a a picnic date at like the bit where she's buried or whatever Weirdly. apparently yeah <laughs> it's not where I'd go but yeah. <laughs> to their own and apparently there's a mid credit scene which I didn't stick around for yeah it basically cuts to like um, he's flashing to like I can't know how to describe it, like closer and closer to the, not tomb, but the ritual place. Yeah. And that's where the, the I want to say the Book of the Dead, it's not the, the witch's book, handbook's there. Yeah. And then it eventually gets like a close dark, cover. The dark hold. The dark hold. And then you just see someone snatch it. You just see the hands basically snatch it. Right. That's it. So um, maybe get a fourth one, but who needs it? I don't need it. I don't want it. No. So then, Okay. Uh, overall thoughts on the films. I quite enjoyed them. I'm not a horror. I'm not a horror guy. This made me want to watch more horror stuff, but like yeah. of this style. But it's one of them. I don't think these were that great, but I liked it. I'll be honest. I um, enjoyed like the experience. I the, enjoyed the three films. The vast majority of the, the like, cause obviously these films are kind of going after certain types of films. Um mm. vast majority of them aren't that good either. No, I know. That's like, why I don't watch many horrors. I don't most Fri- most Friday the thirteenth aren't that good. No. Um same for like the Halloween films and, and stuff. So it's kind of like I'm, they're I'm all a little this. bit cheesy. I'm saying they're not very scary and as if that's a complaint. I don't watch horror films so I don't like scary I don't like being scared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't enjoy like the next week of like running down the stairs to flip the light on. So <laughs> all that shit or flicking the light off and running up the stairs. But no, I I enjoyed them. Like, I, as I, said, I don't think they were like great films, but I enjoyed them. But what I will say is this event of like, you know, what a trilogy of three, yeah, in, in three weeks and all that. I honestly feel like this could have worked maybe a little bit better as just a, a six half an hour episode and just dump it as a mini or, or whatever the timing is. No, not six half an hour doesn't make sense, but yeah, six hours, I guess. 
But yeah. Yeah, six hours. So so 12 episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't disagree. It, it, it's definitely just a different way of doing it, I think. Um, obviously, it's, it's a bit weird because obviously they were never intended to be this straight onto Netflix, which, like you said at the beginning, I don't I see any other way like of them doing it's them, though. Probably been a benefit for it. Mm. But uh, because yeah. no disrespect to like the filmmakers or, or whatever, but if they just released these and record, re- recorded, you know, filmed all three, and then, you know, a standard release schedule would be three years, yeah, over, over three years. Who the fuck is. Who is wanting these films? Yeah. Like, who, is, who is asking like, for them to be like, who's like for them to be confident enough to be, we're going to record, you know what? We're not just doing one, we're doing three and we're doing them all at once. Fuck how, fuck how well they perform. I mean, I don't imagine they were very expensive to make in the grand scheme of films. No, sure. But still, it's cost it's money out of someone's pocket. Yeah, true. So like they, I feel like this was always some sort of game plan was to do do something like this. You have to kind of I don't see how this this works. These series of films work or get people talking about them if they aren't released in an interesting way like this. Yeah. If you release just that first one, do you reckon it's getting a sequel? I th- I, I don't know. Obviously, I mean. 99% I mean, it's, of it's, whether it gets I mean, it's, 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 it's completely the game is on award because... Well, yeah. It, it just sets itself whether, up Whether it would have been edited slightly different if it had gone to cinema, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sure. But, um, I mean, obviously, 99% of whether it gets a sequel or not comes down to how much money it makes. I don't know if these films... I mean, I guess they would have because it can't have been... I mean, is there a, is there a budget out there for it? Uh... No, that's not very useful. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I think they probably would have made enough money because I'm assuming that these films are going to be made for like probably like twenty million, maybe sixty million for all three. I feel and, that's low. Yeah, but there's and not. They're really... not using a lot, are they? I guess they I mean they basically use them all a few hours in a hospital set in the first one. Like, the actors in it are like. Maya Hawk came in for an afternoon. Uh, <coughs> other than that, it's the person from Community, one person from Stranger Things. And, but I didn't and, think that was that great in it, by the way. Sorry, Gillian Jacobs. I like her, but I didn't do a lot, was... did she? No. And and there's a guy, the 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 Nick is he was in uh, Succession as well. And and that's about it, really. It's just a bunch of TV actors. You know, it's not like they've mm. got. Tom Cruise or anybody who's going to be taking down that much money, I guess. So, no, uh, yeah, I suppose you're right. But um, so I'll I'll say that. But I don't know who this is for though. And like in terms of, well, you've got your pure horror fans. That this isn't. I don't feel like this is like a pure horror film. You look at stuff that's like coming out a lot of the moment, but the, it doesn't didn't seem like on trend with horror films right now. And like. I mean, it's not because it's obviously aping these trends from from previous years. I feel like it's probably going for a little bit of these people were, were reading these books in the early nineties or whatever. 
you know what, actually, Aaron, you're probably absolutely right because I just realised that actually we're just we're probably just not the target audience anymore. Possibly not. We're either we're, we're in the wrong we're in the wrong bit. Wherever we're too young to be nostalgic about these books, and we're too old to be really into that kind of slasher. This is my kind of horror type thing. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, maybe I mean, maybe maybe Fear Street's bigger than. I'm aware of. Yeah. And maybe people are like love it. Uh, like, I am a fear street from when I was 10 or what you know, 13 or whatever. Yeah. I'm over this shit. Maybe that's all it is. For people. But then like, again, I didn't I didn't go and watch the Goosebumps film with Jack Black in a couple of years ago. I mean, I have seen it. Oh, was it any good? It's not it's not great. Did you pay for it? No. Uh he's on Netflix, I think. Or There's Prime or one or the other. So is this though. That's true. So, I mean, technically, I have paid for it because I pay my subscription every month. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I'll be honest. So, I, I we obviously do the, the five five star rating. Um, I gave the first and the third ones uh, both three and a half, and mm-hmm. I gave the second one three. There's not too much between any of them, really, but I thought they were all enjoyable enough. Not too terrible way of spending two hours, and I'm probably never going to think about them again now. I absolutely wouldn't argue with any of that because I don't know. I don't know which I preferred over over what really. I think I, I maybe enjoyed the first one the most. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I think yeah, they're all at least a three. None of them are a four. No, definitely not. But in in that zone of like, yeah, these are absolutely fine. Like, it feels in that zone of like ninety nine percent of the films we talk about on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shocker, everyone nailed it again. Not yeah. out of the park. <laughs> well, it's all right. Next week we got a. Um, otherwise, I don't know. How, I don't know the difference in time that we're releasing these because uh, whatever. Whenever next episode, yes. yeah. Next episode, we're talking about something that might not be a three, might no. be a two, might be a two, might be a, might be a five. Cool. Never know. This won't, won't be, won't be, but it, but you never know, <laughs> you never know. Oh, I know. Uh, so okay, we'll we'll wrap this one up for today then. Uh, do you want to take us out, Liam? Uh, it's been a while since we've done this, Aaron. So that's why I said you can do it then, mate. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. If you want to hear more of us, you can find us at Let's Talk About Nothing. No, wait, that's wrong. You can find just 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 search Let's Talk About Nothing podcast on any stuff and you'll find more of our stuff to listen to no, you're going to talk to us <laughs> so it's just just put that in google see what comes up yeah. <laughs> i'm in on your podcast app um if you're going to talk to us come chat to us at ltan pod on twitter or you can even email us at let's talk about nothing pod at gmail.com you can even look at us sometimes when i can be asked to do a video on youtube at let's talk about nothing that was a, a mouthful um, um, I mean, it wasn't the smoothest one we've ever had, but you got there eventually. You didn't do it. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, right, we, I'm going to... Say at the end of every episode? Oh, yeah, this bit. Um, I'm going to get a beer, so cut. <laughs>